just keep being you. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. Never have to be like anybody else cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. A true original right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art, you stand apart. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlogan. So today is episode two of my new series, which I called Superman Isn't Coming, Save Yourself. Now I've gotten some feedback about uh, my choice of a name for the series and well, I have some hum- very humorous feedback actually, but I decided to go with that name um, for this series in the podcast because I feel like it um, it sort of explains what I'm trying to do with this series, which is educate you about um, your rights as a as an employee and how to protect yourself in a toxic workplace environment, or just how to understand understanding um, how to navigate the modern workplace. So just a little recap. Um, a few months ago, I, for those of you, if you're a first time listener, uh, a few months ago, I did a uh, conducted a survey, a two part survey about how prepared uh, high school and college graduates felt that they were to um, survive a potentially toxic workplace or to handle a workplace bully. And the data that came back was very telling. And if, you, if you're interested in hearing it capsulated, you can listen to episode one of this series. I cover um, each of the questions that were asked in the poll and what the results were. And um, going forward, I'll be breaking down some of the findings and elaborating on them with additional content. So and if you don't know my story, uh, this this podcast, all of this came about um, after I um, went through a workplace um, conflict issue that ended my wrongful termination. So um, this is sort of very near and dear to my heart, trying to teach you, my listeners, what I wish I had known um, to better handle the situation I, I found myself in. So... Today's episode, we are going to cover um, the finding that had the most highest percentage of responses as far as the question, if you have experienced workplace bullying or have had to navigate a toxic workplace, what tools do you wish you had to better handle it? So I'm going to start with the answer to that question that had the most responses, and that is that they wish they understood their employee rights and how or if they are were protected by the law by being in a protected class. So for example, um, would the EEOC find that I have a valid case or you know, would they protect me? Am I in a protected class? You know, I don't even know what a protected class is. So today we're gonna kind of dig into some information uh, that is available out there. You just have to you know, do your research. Um, about about what protection you do have as an employee and also the responsibility and obligation of your employer, what falls on their um, on their end of that, you know, their obligation. 
So let me just bring up my notes here. Give me one second. All right. So the first, um, we'll start at the beginning with what what is the EEOC, right? It is the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And their job, basically, if you put in a complaint against your employer, their job is to investigate it, find out if there has been any laws broken, um, and try to support you in getting uh, um, compensation, uh, you know, righting the wrong, getting your job back, um, things like that. So it's a it's part of the federal pro, uh, it's a federal program to help employees. And if if you're curious about um, how busy they are, and actually, just let me just say this before I dig into this. I know there are a lot of you that think the EEOC is like a complete joke and that they never, you know, you didn't get justice by going that route or have had a horrible experience with them or, you know, it took forever. Okay. Let's just remember it is a federal organization and that means everything takes forever. Right. And the, when you hear the amount of the, the amount, the statistics of cases they're trying to handle. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, I personally never had worked with them. Um, I have spoken with people at um, the EEOC and had questions answered, but um, I've never filed a claim. So I can't speak on what it's like to go through that process. I do know people who have, and it takes a lot of patience, but uh, let's see. So in the, the most recent data is the 2020, um, their fiscal year report. So it says the agency secured $439.2 million for victims of discrimination in the private sector and state and local government workplaces through voluntary resolutions and litigation. They resolved 70,804 cases charges in fiscal year 2020 70 almost 71,000 um and as far as the breakdown it says the f fiscal year 2020 data show that retaliation remained the most frequently cited claim and charges filed with the agency accounting for a staggering is their word 55.8% of all charges filed. And that is why you need to understand what your employer can and cannot do in the workplace to you as far as if you report something or bring something to someone's attention or you are concerned that there's something illegal going on, your employer cannot retaliate against you and fire you, demote you, take away your... Um, lessen your job duties, um, you know, take away your resources to do your work. They're, they come up with extremely creative ways to punish you. So you need, this is why you need to understand as a new employee, as a high school graduate, maybe going right into the workforce, um, or as a, an undergraduate, that's, you know, you're all done, you did your four years and you're going to land your dream job, or you're an MBA grad. And you're, you, maybe you've had a few jobs, but now you're really going to dive into your, your sector and really, you want to really land that job. You need to understand these, these, 
parameters around the workplace and what your employer can and cannot legally do. Because as my study showed, 73% of you said you do not feel prepared for it and you do not have the information, the skills, the tools you need. So that's why I'm here. Okay. So retaliation was the first, uh, was the highest of um, charges brought, 55.8%. Disability, 24,324. So again, are you a disabled person? Do you understand your rights? The website has a ton of information for you. You want to get over there and read it, educate yourself. Uh, third was race, um, charges that had to do with race, 32.7%. And again, this is fiscal year 2020, right? Uh, sex discrimination, 31.7%. Age discrimination, 14,183 cases, 21%. National origin, 6,377% cases, rather, 9.5%. Color, 3,562 cases, 5.3%. Religion, 2,404 cases, 3.6%. Equal Pay Act. That means is someone else doing the same job as you and making more money, whether they're male or female? 1.5% of claims were that. And then genetic information, 440, so 0.7%. So that does add up to more than 100% because some cases, right, are fall into multiple categories. Like you could have a sexual harassment case because you reported someone harassing you at work and then you got fired. So that's sexual harassment and retaliation, right? So that's sort of the breakdown of the type of charges that the EEOC handles. And there is a ton of information on their website about each of these categories and um, how you can determine if something you're experiencing, you know, falls into one of these or is it outside that parameter? Those are the various categories that the EEOC will get involved with um, trying to find you a solution. So let's talk about what, what is the employer's responsibility? right? Before, before the federal government, what restrictions, laws, rules, regulations does is your employer obligated to follow? Okay, here we go. The employer has to ensure that employment decisions are not based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, age, or genetic information. A lot of times, these, these, issues will surface during the hiring process. Okay, so here's an example. Um, I want to work in a warehouse that moves bulk items with a forklift. And the hiring manager, hiring manager interviews you and says, yeah, we don't hire women for that role. It's too, it's too dangerous. You know, it's kind of like it's a guy's shop down there, but we do have a nice secretarial position open for you. Eh, nope, nope, nope. Can't do that. The employer cannot do that. That is discrimination. So if you feel that you were passed over for a position or a job or promotion based on any of those, you may have a case. 
your employer must ensure that work policies and practices are related to the job and do not disproportionately exclude people of a particular race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or age. The third one mentioned, the employer has to ensure that employees are not harassed because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, age, or genetic information. Okay, you're thinking how, if, if I go to, to a company that has a thousand employees, how is the employer going to make sure that someone's not, har not harassing someone in, in an organization that big, right? Well, when you think of it as babysitting, yes, it is impossible. But this is work. This is a professional business environment, or it should be. And the employer has to have training, policies, repercussions, and a no-tolerance policy in place and made very clear during the hiring process what the culture of that organization is. That's how they carry through on that one. Um, the fourth one mentioned, the employer has to provide equal pay to male and female employees who perform the same work unless you can justify a pay difference under the law. I mentioned that earlier, right? So if you, okay, so for example, I, the job that I was wrongfully terminated from was an office management job of a, of a, a condominium property. The, the prior manager, the, the, you know, the person who was managing the office before I came in was a man who was then promoted to property manager of the entire campus of this organization. And after I was wrongfully terminated, the person that they hired to replace me was a, is a man. Do I think the pay scale between the three of us was different? I absolutely do. I, that is pay disparity. That's, you know, that's not equal pay. So if you, it, it, you know, so if, if, if you replace someone in a position as a woman in the prior position holder was a male and you're trying to negotiate salary, you have a right to know what that previous employee earned. Because unless they change the job description drastically and, and lessened your job, you know, your workload, there's no reason because you're a woman that you shouldn't be getting the pay the same thing. And it can happen the other way too. It actually can happen where a man will you know, uh, uh, will assume a, a role that a, a woman had previous prior to them and for whatever reason not be offered the same pay. That is illegal. They cannot do that. Okay. The next one, the employer must respond promptly and adequately to discrimination complaints. That's their obligation. Stop, address, and prevent harassment and discrimination. Ensure that employees are not punished for complaining. So again, when, you, when you're in a new job or if you've been at your job for a while and something comes across your radar, it is the employer's responsibility to create a safe environment for you to report that, that thing that you, that, that's not setting right with you without fear of retaliation. That is their obligation before the federal government. So this is a huge issue because a lot of times in unhealthy organizations, people 
employees observe the fate of other employees who did speak up, who did bring something to the attention of a superior or, um, you know, someone in, in a senior authority position and they get fired or they, they see their, they see other signs of retaliation that creates a silent culture that creates a culture where people, they know things aren't, are, are happening that aren't right. That maybe even are illegal, but they will, they're terrified to lose their job. So they're not going to say anything. So, and ultimately when those kind of things get exposed, which usually happens when there is a wrongful termination or a retaliation against an employee that gets fired and then they hire a lawyer and they bring a lawsuit against the organization and then there's a discovery phase and then it goes to trial and it all comes out in the wash. And so a hush-hush culture, yes, may protect the evil people in the organization for a while, but ultimately, ultimately eventually, most times, it comes out. All the skeletons come out. So... And again, it's not the employee's fault. It's, it was the employer's obligation to create a safe, a safe process for reporting. The Gentleman Boss podcast has been named top 20 best month reporting podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in top entrepreneurship podcasts by Podchaser, and top 20 best whistleblower podcasts for 2021 by CastBox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. Um, so these are all things that, you know, they, they do seem like a lot for the employer to, to, um, to, to be handling all at once, but it's, it's, it's their job to do that. And if in a healthy culture, when everyone is working together, right, it's not that big a job. Um, when leadership is not toxic, when leadership is committed to doing the right thing, when they come from a place of integrity, when they want to create a phenomenal organization that people want to work at and want to uphold these, you know, these um, ethical principles of, of professional business environment, it's not that, it's not a lot of work. So it depends on where the where leadership is coming from and their opinion of it. Because if, if you have someone in a leadership role that um, acts inappropriately, inappropriately around people of the opposite sex in front of their employees or um, makes racial jokes and slurs about their own employees in front of others, things like that, yes, this, this is a nightmare waiting to happen for that person in that organization. Okay. Provide, the employer must provide reasonable accommodations, changes to the way things are normally done at work, such as permitting a schedule change so an employee can attend a doctor's appointment or can observe a religious holiday. So they have to provide reasonable accommodations to applicants and employees who need them for medical or religious reasons if required by law. And this also is a, is a big is a, a big issue um, in many organizations, which is usually indicative of people being on a power trip that they're not going to give you the time off for what you need to do or whatever. Or it could just be the organization is understaffed and the workload is too great and they can't afford, they feel they can't afford to give you the time off. But if it is for a medical or a religious 
reason, um, that's, that's illegal. They cannot do that. Uh, the employer must display a poster that describes the federal employment discrimination laws. And the employer must keep any employment records, such as application, applications or personnel records as required by law. And so keeping those records is actually for the benefit to the benefit of the employer as well, because if something does become a legal issue and they haven't kept records or um, things like that, they, they're sort of, they're creating their own disaster, right? They also need them for you, for your personal, and you have a right to request your personnel file at any time. And I strongly, and actually that said, I strongly suggest you do. If you ever have an issue at work, um, or if you, if, if something happens and you feel you need this documented in your personnel file, you request that. You tell them you want that in writing. You want it signed off by your superior. Well, I shouldn't say superior, you know, by your boss or your manager dated. You know, you, you want that, that documentation. I mean, it's great to, I kept a record of everything of my, on my own anyway, but um, insist they put that in your personnel file, because that could come back to protect you later. And if you work for an organization that never wants anything to be put in an email, that never wants, you know, wants you to put, be specific in writing about anything, that is a huge red flag, because they know that leaves a paper trail. So those are some of the responsibilities of the on the employer side, right? Okay, so next we're going to, I'm just gonna to touch a little bit on the different categories where um, you as a new employee, right? Maybe it's your first job or, um, you know, even if it's not, even you just have a new job and maybe you're not aware of your rights and so forth. Uh, there is a list of discrimination by type on the EEOC website. So, there are specific rules and regulations regarding discrimination for your age. So if you are a college graduate or a high school graduate or college grad, just, you know, getting started, that's one you definitely want to educate yourself on because people think of age discrimination uh, geared toward older people in the workforce. If you are, if you're 40 and over, you're considered in the age category. So but but it can it can it can actually work the opposite way too if if you're if you're sort of screened out because of your youth right so you want to understand that category is very important so there's discrimination by type age disability equal pay and compensation genetic information national origin pregnancy race or color religion, retaliation, sex, and sexual harassment. So I will put the link to this page on the EEOC website in the, in the uh, podcast notes for this episode. Take a few minutes, visit the website, you know, do some, get familiar with it, and then bookmark the things you, you know you want to read up on. Like if you do have a disability, Educate yourself about your rights, before, you know, before you get your new job. Um, if you're pregnant and you're looking for a new job, you need to you need to know 
what your rights are and what they can and cannot do, right? They can't force you to lift 75 pound boxes at work if you're friendly, if you're pregnant. But if you're, if, if you applied for the job without disclosing pregnancy, and then, and that's part of your job description, right? That can be, that might be different. So you need to understand how that works. And that if you, if you feel by disclosing your pregnancy in the interview, that that affected you're getting the job or not, and, and it wasn't a, a work-related issue like heavy lifting, things like that, you may have a case. So I keep saying you may have a case. It's not even so much that. It, it, it means that the employee, the employer was an error. Like they, they did something that the federal government views as discrimination against you. And what you do with it from there is up to you. I'm not advocating everyone to go, you know, sue sue every job interview you ever had because you felt, you know, they didn't like your hair or because you were a girl and they wanted a guy. I mean, I guess you could, but the point more is to educate yourself. So if something serious happens, you know, your rights as an employee. Okay. So I just don't want all you employees out there coming after me for educating up and coming employees on their rights. If you're running the show, right, you don't have to worry. Right. Right. Okay, um, race or color, that's a huge issue, huge issue 2021. Thankfully, there's been a lot more attention and change affected to show equal respect, equal pay, things like that. But you know, it has a long, long way to go. So um, that's a big one. And then, like I said, retaliation. I, this one, this is my like gold star category because it's what happened to me, right? I was retaliated against for bringing something to the attention of, of my supervisor. So um, I understand if you are demoted from say, you know, well, first of all, you need to understand when you should speak up and maybe when you shouldn't. And then also understand when actions that your employer is taking after you've brought something to someone's attention, whether they could be discrimination in the form of retaliation. Okay. So those are some, just, that's just the very tip of the iceberg of what is entailed in me find my my survey again here. I'm just going to screen share with you for a second. Anyway, if you can see it, this is the slide from um, the slide deck about my survey. And as you can see, 67.9%. This is you could pick more than one re reply here, so it doesn't obviously not going to equal add up perfectly to 100. Um, that was the biggest the biggest um, tool that you know those that participated wish they had that they understood their their rights better so the best thing you can do is just get on the eeoc website i'll put that link in the notes too and read up on just read up on it you have to educate yourself and remember I, i'm calling this series superman isn't coming superman isn't coming save yourself and you do that by educating yourself like edu knowledge is power education is power so you, you know, especially if you've just gone to school and you've got four years of student debt you need to pay off, right? You have a right to go into your new job and own that job and do your best work and earn the best salary you can so you can pay off your student debt and so that you can build your name in your field and build your career and really succeed. And part of being successful in that is doing homework on the side. You've got to, you have to 
I mean, upskilling, right, is huge. And understand this is the kind of thing, like maybe your employer, your employer probably hopes you don't know all of this stuff, but isn't that even more of a reason to then know it? Think about it. So you educate yourself, you know, get off YouTube, get off Netflix, take an hour, you know, one night a week and read up on that website. And that will help you to come in to, you know, come into the work environment, feeling empowered because when you're new at a job, everyone's, I mean, no one, well, some people go in, you know, all overconfident or full of confidence, but for a lot of us, it's intimidating. We're meeting new people, working on a new team. We have a new boss. We don't know the culture. We don't know the dynamics. We don't know who sits with who, when they eat all those things that can make us feel very, um, it can affect our confidence. It can affect our, um, how we, our performance, right? Especially in the beginning. So if you go in and you know what you know about your right to be there and what you're protected by, and it just gives you a level of confidence. Trust me, trust me. Had I known everything I know now, number one, I would have handled things a little differently. But number two, I would have seen the signs of discrimination in that workplace years before I was terminated. Years before. But I really was, um, I was naive about it. Uh, and I, I mean, I had great jobs with great bosses. And then I had had okay jobs with okay bosses. And then I had a job that I loved, but with horrible leadership. So um, had I, you know, again, had I known all this information before, I think things would have played out very, very differently in my, in my short career there. So we're going to end it there for today. I hope this was um, informative for you. I hope it helped you understand um, that there's a lot to learn, right? But that's okay. Um, but to and the importance of educating yourself about this, you have to be proactive. Your employer is not going to give you this information. HR is not going to give you this information. You have to go out there and find it. You have to go out there and educate yourself. So be proactive work on your toolkit, figure these things out, take notes, take screenshots, and um, start building your toolkit for your career success, okay? Next week, I will catch you all next week. Um, next episode will drop next Wednesday. And our focus on that um, episode will be specific examples of workplace bullying and how to identify them and identify them. That came in at 60% uh, of those that responded wanted, wished they knew that information. So we'll focus on that next week. All right. Everyone have a great week. Um, if you like what you've heard, if you've got a friend you think could could benefit from listening to it, uh, if you, if you'd like to share it, you know, with, to your network, to your, um, if you want to add my YouTube playlist for my podcast to your channel, I'd love that. You know, if, if it's something you think your followers would appreciate, um, because I think the more people that understand this information and have this information, the better our workplaces will be, the stronger the workplace culture will be, the more accountable employers will be held to, to raise the bar and do things ethically. And it will just create, and also as a, as a way to eradicate the problem, the universal problem of toxic workplace cultures and workplace bullying. It has to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere. So let's get the word out. Let's help people understand they can be proactive and they can build this toolkit so they don't have to be a target or a victim, right, in the workplace. All right, I'll see you all next week. Have a 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. Please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show. Just visit thegentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at gentlewomanboss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember, always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast.